happy National Whistleblower Appreciation Day to everybody out there. I hope you're celebrating by whistling or doing something. Yes, there is a day devoted to whistleblowers, and it's an annual celebration that commemorates the contribution of all the tattletales around the world who have bravely stepped forward to expose waste, fraud, and abuse. And who better to talk about whistleblower law than my partner, my law partner and a regular on the John Hansen Show, Patrick Dolan. Patrick, welcome. Thanks, Karen. Good to be here. And by the way, that's my phone alarm song. Is it really? Yeah, no, that would be horribly irritating. <laughs> no, that would be awful. Um, what a beautiful I day. I, I know you. I know that because I, I look so serious and you're like, really? <laughs> no, Karen, no, not really. What a beautiful day. This is what we all suffer through winter for, right. the winter weather. This is exactly the kind of day we all deserve. It's, it's absolutely. And this is the day we think about long you know longingly and like in february january right right right. um so i you know whistleblowers let's Mm -hmm. talk about just tell us a little bit what is like a what is the typical case of a whistleblower and and what does the law do to protect whistleblowers yeah so whistle let's just talk about what a whistleblower law protects it protects individuals who come forward to disclose fraud of a governmental uh, uh you know of a governmental uh toward a governmental agency. So if your employer, for example, let's say you're a physician or a nurse or somebody in a healthcare field, you're concerned with improper billing that may violate Medicare laws. So if you complain about that internally or externally, different laws protect different ways you complain, and you're retaliated against for complaining, that's exactly the kind of law uh, that that uh, is protected for you. You have the protection under that law. So typically someone, let's say in a situation, a, a nurse comes forward and says to her boss, hey, you know, we're coding these things incorrectly. Yeah, the, the hospital's making more money, but it's right. not the right code or something right. to that effect. And at that point, what should the nurse do if if it's being ignored? Should the nurse uh, go over that person's head? What what do you do as an employee when you have that complaint and you feel strongly enough to have it be heard? Yeah, you can complain either to the agency that regulates whatever business you're in. You know, it could be uh, here, it could be the Department of Health and Human Services. FBI actually takes on a lot of different whistleblower cases. It could be the SEC, could be OSHA. It depends upon what area you're working in as to where what agency you would go to to complain. Or you can go to a private lawyer um, and say, listen, this is this is the situation. Should I you know, complain internally? And if you do and you're fired, you may have a retaliatory discharge claim under Illinois common law, just like the regular common law of Illinois. So you have a couple different paths there. You can complain internally or you can complain externally to whatever agency supports that the area where you're working. So part of being a lawyer, you know, is knowing the law and part of being a lawyer is being wise and being practical and understanding that people have lives that they need to live. So my question is this, if you have something that you see in the workplace that is wrong and you are going to, you're hell bent on bringing it to the attention of somebody, is it fair to say that you're, you're opening yourself up to retaliation even though it's illegal yeah you you are and you know we can take this issue and just extrapolate from it everyone that talks to me about what to do is concerned about what happens when they complain and i say listen here's the deal if you complain you have to be prepared to be fired is that legal no of course it's absolutely illegal if you're complaining about something that's illegal but you have to be prepared for that outcome and if you're not 
then maybe we should go about it a different way. Maybe instead of complaining about something illegal, you should, quote, raise an issue to HR or to your boss that you want to work through because you want, you know, the company to do better. You want to stay longer. It affects your job. So it's something a little bit less than, hey, what you're doing is illegal. This is wrongful, blah, blah, blah. Um, it's better to just address it in a, in a softer way. Just you're trying to work it out. Because if you're not prepared to be fired, then you have to be very careful about what you say. And even if it's illegal to fire an employee in retaliation, you know, I've, I've seen employers do it. They're going to they're going to bring up some pretextual reason. Karen, all oh, the time. You're not performing. You know, know what? I'm sorry. I have to let you go because you didn't make your sales Suddenly, quota. Suddenly, yeah. you're a bad employee. And it happens all, the, all time. the time. All the time. And unless we can prove that the reason is a lie... It's difficult, and companies are given a lot of discretion under the law to make that decision. But we have to show that it's an absolute lie, what, they, what companies are contending is the basis for an employee's termination. That's difficult, Karen. So it's a hard road, and these people are in tough circumstances. And so you have to very carefully walk through the facts with them, determine how comfortable they are with different outcomes, and then appropriately help them with where they are. And the other thing is, even if you don't get fired, you're still working in a place where you just reported your employer. And I mean, that ha that has to cause great stress and tension. It does. And there's a lot of other job things that de happen detrimentally to your job, not including in termination, that are illegal retaliation. It could be a change in your reporting structure. Suddenly, you're not invited to meetings. You know, suddenly you're like, oh, geez, I used to do this. I don't do this anymore. Or, you know, it just nitpick, nitpick. It's uh, so you you just you really have to understand what you're getting into. And I'm not saying you shouldn't do it. You just have to have like eyes wide open. You have to know what may happen to you. Uh, totally agree. And, you know, your workplace is an important place. Very. You know, I mean, sometimes you spend more time at work uh, talking to the people in your workplace than you do your family, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. And so I know the stress that it causes people mm -hmm. to have that kind of weight over your head. And, you know, you need your money to support your family. And that, that has to come first. It does. And oft oftentimes, I will say, after talking to someone who will come to me, you know, really upset at the beginning and completely justifiably, and I'll say, let me tell you, if you complain, what could happen to you? And I have to go through, if you file with an agency, yeah. if we simply you know, uh, complain and then try to seek a separation package, you're going to be out of a job. If you, People are like, oh, wait a minute, if I only get three months in a separation package or whatever it is, I'd rather have my job. You know, I can't, it, you know, it's a tough economy. How am I going to find a job that's going to pay me, pay me this amount of money, et cetera? So unfortunately, the practical reality often overshadows what the company should be doing. Do you ever counsel someone to make an anonymous complaint to an agency, OSHA or what have you? And you can. You don't have to use your name. If you if you want to be anonymous, you can be anonymous. And yet, yes, I absolutely have for that exact reason. And then that seems to me to be a good result. Because it is. you can live with yourself. You can, you know, have a clean conscience that yep. you've reported it. Yep. Uh, and hopefully they won't tie it back to you and then it will not come to roost. Yeah, that's, that's the key, Karen, that they not tie it back to you. But yes, that's a really good option. Let's take a break and when we come back I'll be taking some legal questions on the issue of employment and labor. If you have a question for Patrick having to do with your job, working remotely, you know, 312-981-7200 and we'll be talking about some other issues as well on the Karen County show on WGN. 
I wish our job was just nine to five, Patrick. We lawyers, we, we, I always tell young law students, it's not a nine-to-five job. It's not. It well, just isn't. You know what? A lot, of, a lot of jobs aren't nine-to-five no, jobs. No. You know what I mean? And don't you find now that because people are working remotely or part-time remotely, you kind of are always working because maybe you can take a couple hours off during a work day, but then you're going to make it up on a Saturday. And I think just the expectation is that you're kind of always on call. I try not to do that. I try not to do that with my employees, but it's just part of the way the world is now. Yeah, my, my my wife works remotely uh, doing uh, PR and marketing for a law firm, and she works all the time. Yeah. I mean, just all the time. Because they think they can contact her all the time. Right. So. Right. And, and you know, and the, the thing is, like, when you wake up in the middle of the night, sometimes with a great idea about something, you know, you send the email and maybe that wasn't the right time to do it. Yeah. But but so I think it's a matter of, of expectations. Your employer You're probably right. should set expectations and the employee should should and, and should honor some of the, the boundaries that we have here. Kim had a really good sure. question that brings up um, brings up. Uh, the answer is is a very very important um, important concept. I'm trying to find her thing. Basically, Kim said that she I, why I can't find it now is beyond me. But she basically said that she um, oh you did you see this Patrick? Did I did I tell tell to you? No, it, oh, I, I think it, it was okay. Yeah, I work for a school district mm-hmm. in, in the technology department. Another employee was promoted and given a twenty dollar an hour given twenty dollars an hour. She was promoted to the same position and was paid less than that. When she asked for the same amount, she was told no, so she gave two weeks' notice, and Thursday was her last day. Is there any recourse? Possibly, yeah. So it doesn't necessarily mean that she was a victim of discrimination or there's something you know illegal going on, because the school district could say, okay, maybe you're promoted to the same job, but this other person has a lot more experience, or they're actually going to do something different in terms of responsibilities, etc. But... If it's because if the if the person promoted was a male, she's obviously female. If there's an age thing, she's over forty. The person promoted was under forty. If there's you know there are a lot of protected classes under Illinois employment law. Um, so if it has anything to do with any of those protected classes, it could be discrimination. Yes, but just inherently, just you don't have a right to be treated fairly in the workplace. Only if it's illegal. Only <laughs> no, if it's absolutely illegal. not. We'd have a lot more work, Karen, if that was the case. Right. Um, the other one I get yeah. all the time, Patrick, is the idea of like, my boss is a jerk. He uses really harsh language. Uh, is it just to you? No, it's like to everyone. He's a jerk. And like, you know, this is a real, this is harassment and this is a hostile work environment. Lawsuit or no lawsuit? Yeah, probably not. Um, unless it, it's like a sexual harassment thing that affects a whole group of people. It Just because your boss is a jerk to everybody doesn't. There's really no cause of action there, so you have to you have to look at what he's saying, and is he targeting different different groups of people, you know, women, etc. So just because he's a jerk to everybody, and you maybe even more so, that doesn't mean that you have any sort of claim where it's illegal. It, you just don't have a right to you don't. be treated fairly unless it has to no, do with some sort No, you absolutely do not. Of... And I hear this all the time. Yeah. And people are like, here's the scenario. And I listen, and I'm really sympathetic because yeah. clearly the boss is a jerk. And he's right. you know, not, not a good manager at all of people. But I'll listen. I'm like, I'm sorry. The, you, know, you just don't have a claim here. Um, 
So yeah. sometimes it's hard to hear. And and sometimes you have to walk away from a job if you if it's if it's that intolerable. If it's not illegal, then unfortunately that is your recourse. It's just you know. And again, I I think people have such high expectations of the law because we have really have a really wonderful legal system here, contrary right. to what you might see in the news and some of the outlying you know, outliers that that happen uh, in, in in the law, but. You know, it, it doesn't guarantee workplace fairness when it comes to everything because an employer really is in the catbird seat. Really. Yeah, and they're and just drawing the line on what's legal and illegal is actually really difficult sometimes. And I understand how people would just be to look at some something they're going through and say this cannot be legal. Right. You know, it's just horrible. It can't be. And then you know, sometimes it is, but you know, sometimes it's not. And that's just that's why I'm happy to talk to people and just listen to them and say, okay, here's your situation. And also, if it's not illegal. What can they do? There are oftentimes things that they can do with their job in their job to make it better, um, you know, even though it's not illegal. And there's uh, I, I say to people, oh, you know, OK, that's that's not illegal. But here's what you can do to make your job better. Um, and I talk about that all the time with people. Um, let's just talk about some bullet points here. Sure. That we get asked all the time. And yep. I'm sure you do, too. Can an employer refuse to hire someone who smokes? Um, uh, sure. They can refuse to hire someone as well. So if, if you smoke, you're not in any kind of protected category. Absolutely. What about um, if you have pink hair or a nose ring or a tattoo <laughs> or, yeah, any of those things? Uh, yes, you can. Uh, they can. Now, you have to be a little bit careful, though, because if there's any sort of discrimination in applying that, you know, there's a recent law um, that protects African-Americans and how they wear their hair. Yes. So you have to be really careful about terminating someone or not hiring someone based on their appearance. But it has to do with a nose ring or something. So it's so long as it doesn't impact a protected group more so than anybody else. I would think that they could do it, yes. Well, and, you know, I think of this, you know, my law office, the, you know, the law, the legal world, as you know, is still a very formal place. It is. I mean, people wear suits to work, yep. or yep. at least to court these days. And, you know, if I had someone with pink hair and tattoos on their face and three nose rings, that's not going to go over real well with the judges who are of a different generation. And maybe some of my clients Yeah, maybe some think, of your clients. That's what I was going to say. And it's your prerogative not to hire that person. No. Right. I have nothing against not those you, people. Everybody. You yeah. and everybody else. Yeah. You know, it's, you're the employer. You don't have to hire that person. What about can an employer discriminate against somebody who's overweight? Um, oh, uh, it not not if they're overweight, they're not in a protected category. Okay, but you have to be careful. Um, are you not hiring them because they can't do the job because they're overweight? Have you had a discussion with them and say, listen, here are the ten things or whatever that the job requires. Can you do them? If they say yes, um, then you know what it it's may not be an issue. So. You have to be careful. Obesity may be protected under the ADA, Americans with Disabilities Act, but just being overweight is not protected. So you just have to, employers have to be careful about that one. They can probably, yes, they don't have to hire that person, but you have to be careful. Yeah. I, yeah, I didn't think about the ADA. Um, why, did, why don't you just talk briefly about what the American with Disabilities Act sure. actually protects? Yeah, so it protects anybody in the workplace or in the hiring process um, who has a disability. And disability, frankly, is pretty broadly defined. It could be a mental health issue. It could be a physical issue that affects your ability 
to do your job or it affects your ability to live your life in some certain in some way so it's not just a job thing if it impacts your daily activities in your life you could also be protected under the law um most of my clients these days involve mental health issues yes um it's prevalent and i think getting even more common uh, and people come to me and say, oh, I didn't even know you can. Yes. If you have depression, anxiety, any sort of mental health uh, disease or disorder that affects your ability to do your job, then you are protected under the Americans with Disabilities Act. Then what we have to do is say, do you need leave? Do you need changes to your job that allow you to do your job? Because it's really important, Karen, for all of us to remember, if you can't do your job with some sort of help, then you are not protected under the ADA. So you have to be able to do your job, but the employer has to work with the person to try to figure out a way that they can do their job given their situation. And there's a lot, it's called the interactive process. There's a lot of discussion back and forth about what they need. Well, I, and I think I see what happens sometimes is someone has, say, depression. And they're very reluctant to tell their employer right. that they are depressed because, you know, mental illness just does not get the same uh, status in a lot of people's minds as, say, if you had cancer. Yes. So, but in order to have that accommodation, you must tell your employer so the employer knows and can then figure out how to accommodate yeah and i know it's a tricky discussion and you're right people don't like to come forward but going to hr and saying i'm really having trouble doing my job because of my you know clinical depression or whatever it is um you know what you just you have to do that because it's just going to get worse karen it's going to affect their job negatively then the company is going to be like what is wrong with this person they used to be such a great productive employee now they show up late now they don't seem to be able to focus um you know they're leaving for doctor's appointments it just really affects them that can only end badly if you don't go to the company and say i need help and then you're protected under the law and that's when Listen, I, you know, I have my concerns about human resources, companies' reactions to these sorts of things, but you must do that. And it's, and it's good for this person to do it. It's cathartic in a way. Right. Because suddenly they're not hiding anything. They're just trying to do their job and they're having an issue, whether it's temporary, going through some sort of anxiety or depression. Maybe it's a permanent condition, but they need to work with the company you just got to kind of trust the company to do the right thing. And if they don't, then people like us can help them make sure the company does the right thing. And, you know, I think sometimes it's how these things are addressed. I know a lot of times when people come to you or to me and they have a question about the workplace, they're angry. They're angry right. and they're afraid and they're, they're being treated differently and they're, they're upset. But when you, I find that when you kind of tone it down and talk to your boss and say, listen, I love my job. I want to do my job, but, but this is the problem. And please let me be part of your solution. Instead of saying, I'm complaining, I'm whistleblowing, I'm, you know, I want this, I'm making demands, I'm going to hire a lawyer. I mean, not, not, no one talks really like that. But if you talk in a collaborative way, I just think you'd get so much more attention. I'm, you know, I 100% agree. And that's also when we represent them to the company, they say, you know, listen, my, my client loves her job or his job. She really wants to stay. This is her situation. We need your help. And oftentimes, people don't want to go to their boss or don't want to go to HR. I say, you know what? If the boss is the problem, then go to HR. Now, 
you know, HR, listen, they wear the company hat. Let's not be you know unclear about that. But it is their job to address these issues. So if you're like, I can't talk to my boss, I say, go to HR. And HR will sort of mediate between you and your boss. And you three can sit down and try to figure out what works for you. Um, I know Rich has a question, but we're out of time. So, Rich, you can uh, email me, and I'll send it off to Patrick, WGN at AskKarenConti.com. Patrick, give out your contact information. Patrick Dolan, he's a frequent guest on uh, John Hansen's show. He's my law partner. Uh, why don't you give out your contact for anybody who has a problem in the employment realm? Sure. Well, it's also your phone number, Karen. I know. <laughs> well, I'm letting you do it. I'm letting you do I could sing it, but I'm not going to. 312-332-7800 is how you can reach us. Thank you, Patrick. Thank you, Karen. Always a pleasure to say I'll see you tomorrow at work. All right. We'll be back in a minute on Karen Conti Show.